Welcome back to Mismo. So we have our little dose of CBD every night. And also every night, we let Dee Dee come and snuggle in bed with us before we put her in her crate for the night. Now, what happens when we take our little dose of CBD, Mick? So it's in basically the exact same type of dropper as the pet CBD. (laughs) So she now thinks that she gets like a little human treat or that we just take a little dog treat. Whatever it is, (laughs) she thinks we're all getting the same thing. Um, she's highly offended if she, if we take the dose of CBD and then she doesn't get anything. Yeah. If she sees it, she wants her little treat. They have, they are vastly different doses. (laughs) We are not giving our dog human CBD, No, but we are giving her Alpen Organics pet CBD and we take the full spectrum, uh, mind CBD at night to help us sleep. And we love it. If you guys want to try out some Alpen Organics, you can go to alpenorganics.com and use the code Ashley at checkout for 40% off. And if you have a little pup at home and you want to give them some wonderful treats in addition to CBD, give them some super treats. Yes, vegan, veteran-owned, minority-owned. There is a blueberry treat. There are pitaya beet treats. Dee Dee loves them. We use them as her high reward treats when we come back from walks and also on top of her Kong treats sometimes. They're so healthy for her too. We mm-hmm. feel like we're helping her digestive system. And again, they're spelled S-O-O-P-E-R treats, super treats. And you can get them for, what's the discount code on that one? It's Mismo. Ooh, M-I-S-M-O. Yes. Try it out. For 10% off. That's right. I'm Mick Torres. I'm Ashley Argoda. And we are Mismo. Today we talked to probably our most anticipated Mismo guest ever, Roxy Stryer. Yes, we love her so much. You will hear in this episode that she really is like family to us. And she's a host, an actress, and a producer known for AfterBuzz, DC Movie News, Collider Live, and Madness in the Method. We love you, Roxy. Enjoy. Roxy Stryer, um, I love you so much. I'm so glad you're on the show. Yay. Uh, about time. <laughs> I reached out to you for the first, the first time I reached out to you about this was a solid like 15 months ago. Mm-hmm. So is this my fault? I'm going to say yes. It does feel like that. I will say, like, when I said about time, I did say that with, like, a little anger in my soul, thinking, like, about time, you guys. And then I am realizing that this is a me problem. This is probably one of our most awaited Mismo episodes because we had Natalia on the show Mm -hmm. and talked about you so much in that episode and got people so excited. And then it took 15 months. But you're here and we're so excited. I I mean, I am here, so that's got to count for something. And I'm here, yeah. and, like, the rest of the world is in, gone to complete crap. So, like, yeah. I, this is a big deal. It's a big it's deal. It's a big, big deal. Moment. She was, like, our third guest. and No way. Third? Yeah. yeah. And we're, on, we're on number, like, I don't know, 65 you'll now? Be like, you'll be, like, episode 70 or 60-something, 70-something. <laughs> wow. You saved the best for 70th. I see how it is. <laughs> That's how that goes. You yeah. know that expression. <laughs> <laughs> but let's ex- let's explain a little bit as to why it's it's taken a while. Um, you are working constantly. You are one of the hardest working people I know, and you do you do so many different things. It's your. Can you explain a little <laughs> bit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, what do what does she do? This is me every single family holiday for the last 11 years of my life trying to explain what the internet is to my extended family. I well today is day 345 in a row of me being live on air. So I'm uh, that's something. I worked 345 days in a row. I'm going to hit 365 and then I'm going to collapse and disappear into ghost land. Uh, but I, I host a daily show on my YouTube channel called Live at the Roxy because I'm super clever. 
entertainment and pop culture but then also like politics and whatever I'm interested in because it's my show so I just get to do that um, and then I'm also a hired gun for like a ton of other companies if you for some reason know my name which makes me feel really happy it's because you saw me on like a Rotten Tomatoes or for Collider or for Screen Junkies or one of those nerdy companies that I, I do work for um, and then, you know, sometimes on the very, very rare lucky days, I get to act. So you guys know what that's all about. Um, but yeah, that's I, I'm working in on the digital space. And sometimes I'm on TV and mostly talking about like TV and comics and nerd, totally nerd stuff and cannabis. I do a lot of cannabis content. Also, that's a little less, less nerdy because I'm cool. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. really hip <laughs> down with the people. Very cool. Uh, there's so much content of you talking about all of those things in on, on that people can find. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really want to talk to you mostly about acting today. Yeah. You mean the reason that I moved 3000 miles away from my family and like have given up everything that I care about that thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That little baby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how we met. Uh, so, okay. So Roxy is, is, truly like a best friend uh we went to college (laughs) together uh didn't like each other at all when we first met that was a you problem if i have to take credit for not being on here till 70 then you have to take credit for not liking me at first i can't remember why i didn't like you can i just really quickly say that part of the reason i love you roxy is that I get to call make out on this shit all the time because I'm marrying him, but I feel like yeah. you're the only other people in the world who can call out make on his shit. And I I just love that so much. Because I knew him when he was still such a little fuck. Like, <gasps> am I allowed to say that? I'm sorry. Yes, you no, absolutely can. Like now we it, it's been a long journey to get here, but like I knew him during his frat star days. So how am I going to not not call him out? Like I've been with him through all of the phases and trust me, this is the best phase and it's not lost on me that it's because of you. So thank you for everything that you're bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Oh, this is going to be my favorite episode ever. Yeah. I I mean, 10 years ago, I would have been very honored that you used the word star to describe my my frat experience. (laughs) So first of all, thank you for that. (laughs) You're very welcome. And by the way, like anything I just said about you could be said about me as well. I do. You were, yeah, you were a legendary frat star. Yeah. I was also known as a nightmare. I was a (laughs) nightmare. Oh, so bad. Um. So we knew each other from Greek life, but then it was really Antonio Betamarco's 252 A and B uh, act theater class, that scene study class that we had together. Uh, didn't we do a scene from Sign in Sydney Bernstein's Window? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And- uh, Oh, you know our origin story. Of course, <laughs> of course I remember that scene. Uh, my girlfriend and your kind of boyfriend at that time, we were all friends and you and I had to kiss in that scene and that was a whole thing. And very yeah. Dramatic, very <laughs> dramatic. Uh, I can't even believe you just called him my kind of boyfriend. That makes me want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, which we're not because you are not a good friend. Hello. Proving <laughs> right steadily along. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hello. then we lived together for three years in west hollywood uh after after school and that was a lovely wonderful time and getting that was the people. best that was I, the best that was the closest to just being real life um the version of the tv show friends yes oh that was so good Speaking that was- of which we have your friends you guys bought a friends like quote board and it's in our office and I read that it was in our kitchen and it was amazing 
it was just everything about that was the best. Like I think about that time period. I try not to be too nostalgic in life because I think like only losers live in only their past. You got to like look for the future and, and be living in the present and make sure that you're not one of those people who just is always talking about the glory days. But if I was one of those people who was only talking about the glory days, it's that time period I'm talking about. Like that was so good. It was so good. It was, it was so fun. Uh, you let me kind of build an office in our garage space, which is now this. I mean, this is our office. This is where we do Mismo. Um, but, oh my God. Yeah, we, we were all just like going after it. College was over. You were developing your career. I was, you know, we were just going for it and doing it like not really overlapping, hardly at all. Uh, no. I, don't, I don't think we had worked on anything together in those three years. Um, no, if anything, it was just like table reads. Like if I needed to tap you to come read something or auditions, you had that, uh, the studio out back, but then you had that like great self tape set up too. that sometimes we would help each other with that, but no, nothing, which is so stupid of us. Like we should have created some kind of web series or something. We were living together and we were both like hardcore going for it. Um, but also you were doing that thing where you were up at six in the morning and I was doing that thing where I was up until six at night. So that didn't work very well. That was really tough. But my favorite yeah. nights were like, uh, you know, two or 3 a.m. We just both happened to be in the kitchen mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, we really, we really like, we're working so much that we even living together, we didn't see each other that much, but we were doing the exact same thing in different ways. Yeah. And it was yeah. great. It was just great to have you. Um, I love you so much. And, and I love I, you so much. I love both right. of you guys. And now about your podcast. The world Yay! is so wild. <laughs> and then you met Ashley. And um, I was so, that birthday, it was my birthday. You had become my girlfriend like three days prior. Yeah, that wasn't scary at and all. And that, that was, was our great. birthday was dinner. Fine. I was fine. Because uh, you remember it so house and you graciously brought us in there and for a, a really nice birthday dinner. And uh, that was from the two of you met, your origin story. That was our origin story. That's very <laughs> Okay, nice. was it my brother or sister at that time? One of them was with us for that, I feel your like. Your brother and his, his brother girlfriend. And his girl, okay, so now his wife. They everybody in my family is obsessed with you guys. Like I have to tell you the pressure, <laughs> the pressure is so on because I don't know if I've ever relayed this to you guys that because I have no love life. Like when, when I come home and we're, I'm talking to my brother and I'm like, Oh, how's your wife? Or like talking to my sister and you know, she'll be dating somebody. How's your whatever. And like talking to my dad, he has a girlfriend and they'll be like, how are Mick and Ashley? Like, that's what I get asked. That's are the question. Saying? to me when I go home from both of them. I'm oh like, they're doing really great. Thank you for asking. Like, like it's me. That's <laughs> what I have. I have you guys. They have significant others and I have you guys. That's really, I swear to God how it goes down. Wow. I'm honored. Yeah, wow. truly. <laughs> you did tell me when you first met me, you put me in your phone as Ashley Torres. Yeah, I did. Cool. And you're still there. Yep. It's still yep. there like that. I'm the, wow, it's going to be amazing because you're going to be the only person who gets married whose name I'm not going to have to mess with. Like, I'm just going to keep it like that forever and ever. Yeah, I can't believe you knew so early. I knew so fast because I always knew so fast. And and Mick wasn't as good at listening to me about how I felt about people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could have saved a lot of time if I just let you make my dating decisions for me. There was an interesting... There was an interesting um, small group of people before you, and it, none of them, none of them were my favorites. So no. yes, you've told me yes. So no, to, to varying levels of dislike. Yeah, yeah, to varying levels for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, some of them I really like hate and like would not speak to if I saw. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's that, and then some of yes, some of them just weren't right for you. So that just like everywhere in between those things. Um, but I don't know. I, it's hard for me to pinpoint why when I met Ashley, I was just like, oh no, this is end game. It just kind of was. 
like I don't I don't know um I I know that people have that all the time like do you believe in love at first sight and I don't know if that exists but I definitely know when you see a couple together for the first time you can kind of tell like is this it or is this not it right and I I I don't know I just was I'm, I'm wrong about a lot of things but I was right about that one which is so funny because that night that I met you at Soho House I was so nervous because I knew how important you are to Mick and how important you guys are to each other and when he, he asked me to be his girlfriend literally three days before. And I'm pretty sure your brother was like, so how long have you guys been together? And you were like, like three days. I was like, cool, 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 cool. This is going well. But I just knew you guys were so important to each other. And I wanted to make such a good first impression. And I was so nervous at that table. So when I think it was like a couple of days later, it was like, so did Roxy say anything about me? He was like, she loved you. I was like, oh, thank God. There's no way I, I cannot picture a world and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I don't think you've ever made a bad first impression on anybody in your whole life. Like you're just not, you're not a bad first impression person. Like I'm a, a horrible first impression person, <laughs> really like trash at it. I mean, I need, you've got to meet me a few times. Um, and Mick can attest to and why he really disliked me at first. Like I, I'm one of those, like I grow on you like a leech. But you're just one of those, like, from the jump, I, if somebody doesn't like you, that's a them problem. That's really interesting. I think that's true if you, like, talk to me, but I have really bad resting bitch face. So if you're just, like, seeing me from, a, like, I've had a lot of people be like, oh, I was so afraid to come up to you. Like, I'll get Instagram messages. And they're like, I was afraid to come up to you because, like, you looked like you were busy. And it's just me just existing because I have that face. But if it's somebody like coming up to me and talking to me, then I think I make a good first impression. But if I'm being quiet and silent, then no, I make a horrible first impression. I don't think we can call first impression somebody seeing you and not speaking to you. I mean, that's in 2021, you can say anything, but that seems crazy to me. I think that was the most humble way of you trying to to say yes, that compliment. But yeah. no, you you make great first impressions. Thank you. Thank you so much. I will take it. Yes. I will say that I was a little intimidated the first time I met you because I saw you performing a really like sexy and powerful role. Yeah. That's Which was a good for that was a great first impression though. Like her oh. your first impression of her was like look at this boss ass babe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great first impression. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But that night meeting you was so fun and wonderful. And I was was very nervous at first, but you made me feel right at home. And I was so appreciative. And now I love you too. So there you go. Look at this. Yay. Love that. Beautiful. Well, this is just great. (laughs) Love this journey for us. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I'll just briefly remind you both that we're, you know, this is a podcast. Um, (laughs) I thought we were just catching up. It, it feels like it, um, that, that had to happen, but Roxy, <laughs> I do. And you are so important to me. And one of the things that has, um, impressed me always, and I've always known for certain about you is your work ethic, uh, and, and your, your passion for this. And it has, I mean, it's gone, everybody I know, it's gone differently than what they expected. Myself, very much so included. Everybody who's Oh, trying. I planned it just like this, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> it's going swimmingly. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, so with hosting, which you're doing at a very high level at, um, I mean, I would say a grueling amount of hours. <laughs> um uh and and you're giving a lot of your energy and your work ethic to that but i do know you from when we were you know both naive wanting to act and and we still do and we still haven't given up on that at all um but can you just talk a little bit about how you how you get creatively fulfilled from your job that you do and then how you keep energy to still uh, do to still pursue acting at the same time? So I think that it kind of stems from going back to what you said about being hardworking and working grueling hours. What I figured out when I moved out here. So when I, when I was back in Boston and I was in, I was in a theater troupe and in all the plays and, 
you know, whenever there would be like local castings or whatever I was doing that, I was like, oh, I'm a star. So I'm obviously going to go to LA and because I'm a star here, I'm going to be a star there. Uh, And then I got here and really quickly realized that I was not the skinniest. I was not the prettiest. I was not the most talented. I was none of those things that I couldn't really control. I mean, you can control some of those things to some element, but like you can't fully be make sure that you are the most of all those things. And I, I very quickly realized the only thing I could control for sure was that I would work more hours than anybody else. And so that was my decision to do so. It was, it was once I got on that train and was like, okay, so I'm not going to be the tallest and I'm not going to be the, all of these things that you see um, these people who are able to book things because they have the best abs or the whatever it is. I'm not going to be that girl because I'm not that girl. So what can I control? And all I could really control was just being a crazy workhorse. And so I think that a lot of times when people ask me about how to get somewhere, I'm so not close to even where I want to be, but I have achieved some level of success because I knew what I couldn't control and I knew what I could control and what I could control, I controlled every element of. And that meant things like, you know, making sure that I, I was up and finishing everything. I being the last person to leave the studio or like being the first one there and just spending for more hours, more hours than anybody else was spending on what they were doing. And when it came to hosting, that was something that really legitimately fell in my lap. And for a long time, I fought against saying that because I feel very guilty about that. I know it's a lot of people's dreams to be a host and it's my dream to be an actress. And if somebody sat here on a podcast with you guys and said, acting fell into my lap, I would want to punch them in the face because go F yourself. That's my dream. And you don't even dream of that. And so I acknowledge that hosting was not always my dream. But why I I do feel okay saying that now is because it has become a huge part of my dream. And I've fallen in love with hosting. And the reason I have done that is because it is the ability to tell other people's stories. And that's why I want to be an actress. People want to be actors for all different reasons. And my main reason is that I love storytelling and I love to tell people's stories. And while my medium of choice would be acting, the medium that came to me quicker and just happened to be more available to me was hosting. And by embracing that, I have been able to be creatively fulfilled in my long way of coming back to your question, Mick, because I am doing what it is at the core of being an artist that I want to do, which is talking to people like you guys or interviewing people or making sure that stories, you know, I've been talking, this is who knows if you're listening to this later on, this might not be relevant to you anymore, but I've been talking about free Britney for two years now because I'm somebody who is paying attention to all of this stuff. And so when framing Britney Spears drops, I'm like, that's so cool. I've been trying to tell her story for so long. And I, uh, because I am doing this every day, I am the part, a part of telling a lot of people's stories that are not going are not being heard again by the time this is taping or when you're listening to this, I don't know, but today is one year um, since Ahmaud Aubrey was murdered. And I w- I've been talking about that for years now, not about Ahmaud Aubrey specifically, but about everything that's going on with police brutality and um, in with discrimination. And I think that those are all stories that need to be told. Those are all stories that I feel honored and privileged to be able to be told to tell. And it's not acting, but it is still storytelling. And so I've been able to really embrace that because it still feels like what I want to do. Good. Very good. Oh, solid. <laughs> and, and thank you for coming to my Ted talk. That's... And then I found $20. <laughs> All those things. Um, no, it, it is absolutely storytelling. And that's why I asked, you know, I, I sense that it is fulfilling in a big way. Um, and so you said it, it has become like incorporated as part of your dream. So I, when I started, uh, when I graduated college, I, I really just purely wanted to act. I wanted to go from movie project to film to, and then, and to do nothing else and make money in no other way because that yeah. felt, that felt 
impure in some way. Like a betrayal to what your dream and craft is. That's right. Yes. And I didn't get a a side job right out of school because, of course, I would not need one. I would be successful immediately, obviously. (laughs) Um, I remember laughing at people who would say, what's your backup plan? And we would scoff. (laughs) Backup plan. Only people who have backup plans need backup plans, you fools. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, I like burned through my bank account after six months of not acting. I did like one episode of one little thing and then nothing. And then I I do personal training now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, it, uh, where was I even going? Um, (laughs) What I wanted to say is, is that your bigger picture now you've incorporated, you say you incorporated hosting into your new dream, dream your yeah, developed yeah. dream, uh, which for me, knowing you, I think would be to create and tell stories in many different ways. You also write at a, at a very high level and you do, you also put a lot of hours into that. Um, yeah. You just well, find extra hours. Things you can control, right? Yeah. So yeah. like you guys can control starting this podcast together. That was something you didn't need to audition for 15,000 people for and submit all of your resumes and your headshots and just grovel. And you guys were like, okay, we want to help tell these stories and we want to be creative. And we're this amazing couple that the Stryers are obsessed with. Uh, So (laughs) why don't we do this? So that's something you can control. So you did it. So yeah, I'm kind of trying to do that in all the ways I want to be a creator. So if I can write, I do write. And if I can host, then I do host. YouTube is available for all of the people. Everybody's allowed on there. They they have a platform for all. So that we're growing up in a different time than the generation before us where they could not do those things. They're, they could not start a podcast. They could not hop on YouTube and start being recognized that way, which is obviously a blessing and a curse because it means more people are doing it. But it means if you're a creator, you get to create. There, there's no, I mean, have you guys seen TikTok? Like there's no excuse in 2021 if you're a creator for not being creative. That's right. Um, there are so many ways and you're right. Mismo, that's exactly why we started it. To be able to, one, just the act of doing it. To have a thing to do on a weekly basis that can't really be taken away from us and to have conversations like this that are great for the Stryer family. And I also <laughs> want to say, the other person very pleased that this episode is happening. The whole Torres family, but, but in Linda particular, Torres. Linda Torres <laughs> is so pleased. Such a big fan of yours. You know, about you. I know a certain cake that she could make me. Uh, if she wanted to say how much she missed me, it's fine. You know, if she could want to make a certain rum cake it's okay i would eat it or whatever that this could be is, a thing this is happen. not a secret um the chocolate rum cake is <laughs> going to be our wedding cake no way yes did you it's not tell her no yes so good mick this and i made amazing. it once it was it was amazing but not as good as when she makes it i it's, mean there's something special when linda makes it and linda also figured out how to tear the cake like she no! like things to tear the cake so we're having a tiered chocolate rum cake for our wedding cake i'm so happy right now i'm <laughs> so happy right now i love her so much oh my she's god best. she's and, the best speaking of loving her so much just on social media she still will message me like if I post something she'll be like great job or what I'm like oh my god I love you oh she's the so best. good it's so good everything about her is so perfect I yeah. love her she's all of all, any kindness or thoughtfulness or generosity I have came from her <laughs> but that's so it's so evident in you Mick like you are so both of your parents kids like it is just, they're both incredible. Um, and I, I'm sure the people listening know this, but like, that's what it looks like to be a loving, supportive family. Like the way that they show up for you nonstop in like the least judgmental, always there for you um, at every single one of your shows, no matter what those shows were about, which like, you know, sometimes to get a little risque or raunchy or what they were there, like they were there at every single thing. Just, oh gosh, they're the best. That's 
if you can be an artist and have parents like them, you are so lucky. It's yes. true. Uh, they, are, they have, even from before you knew me, when I switched from sports to a theater and, uh, you know, dad named me after Mickey Mantle and he completely supported and went to all of my first musicals. And you're right. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. They've been, and that's just in acting, um, but they've supported me in, in all ways. This is it's such like, a mushy episode. It is. It is. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I always try to give takeaways and things. And I'm like, so the takeaway here is pick really good parents. Yeah. You know, because that's your choice. So like when you're in the womb, just think really hard, like, <laughs> and then maybe it'll work. I will uh, say as somebody who came from a not normal family yeah. at all, it is really, really, really wonderful to be marrying into the Torres family. So that's something people can pick. You yes. Can pick who you, yes, that's the lesson. That's here. something you can control. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm truly the luckiest. I'm marrying the best family and I, I'm, I'm very <laughs> grateful. But we'll move on in just a second from my family, but I will say that we'll release this episode the Monday of the my mom's birthday week. So happy birthday, mom. Oh my God. Happy birthday, Linda. Happy birthday, Linda. I love her so much. I literally feel like I could cry right now. I just love her so much. I hope she's listening to this walking up the hill right now, taking her nice daily walk and smiling at this episode. Oh my gosh. Perfection, <laughs> perfection in a woman. She's the best. <laughs> Um, I will move on. I have a question. Yeah. Um, social media is a huge part of your job. Mm -hmm. I mean, huge. Um, and I, it's also weirdly a huge part of my job. Um, and I have thoughts about it. What are your thoughts on social? Like, how do you, how do you handle it? Cause it's a lot, it can be a lot for, for people. So how do you, you're really good at it. I, I'm surprised to hear that you have thoughts in a way that made it sound like your thoughts are more negative because you do a really good job, but even just saying something that's plain right now, but like your ratio from like your IG stories to your IG and just when you're posting your times I see. And I'm just like, yeah, her response is really good because she's good at this. Uh, so I don't know if you feel good at it, but you are. I don't feel like I'm good at it at all. And coming from you, thank you so much. Cause I think you're amazing at it. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're very good. And I like also how you guys show your relationship on there because it's not like, ew, gross, stop. It's like, oh, this is what a really cute, healthy relationship looks like. This is really sweet. Um, and and then like when you feel like you're being mushy and Ashley's like, oh, gross. And I'm like, oh my God, I relate so much. You're freaking adorable. <laughs> so, uh, but on my social media, I it's such a double-edged sword, but what I try to do in my brain is just anything that's not helpful or useful, I try to say, shut the F up, like don't think about that. And so anytime I start thinking, I hate social media, I put a stop in that because that's not helpful or useful. I need it. I need it to do my job. And there might be a day at one point where I'm successful or famous enough that I do not need it. And then I can reassess and decide whether or not I want it. But as of today, my social media helps me book jobs. It helps me make money. It helps me get my message out there. It helps me share those stories. And so it's not on, it's not a question whether I should or should not have it. I have to have it. So I don't even let myself think anymore. Do I like this thing? Because it's not even an option not to have it. It's like when I moved to Los Angeles and people would say, do you like LA? This is where my dream is. So I don't really have a choice. So yeah, I love LA. (laughs) That's how I feel about social media. Yeah. I love social media because it allows me to do all the things that I need to do. And that's really important. All of that being said, of course, there's toxicity around it. I, I am sure there's a bunch of other people out there, but from in my circle, I get more heat than anybody I talk to. I mean, the heat that I get is absurd. And we're talking about like, sexism, anti-Semitism, like every single thing that can be thrown. I, I am thrown some serious, serious hatred on social media and that sucks. And I wish that wasn't there, but it's still an awesome tool and it's still a way to express myself. And it's still a cool method to be able to say like, come watch this or come do this. Or if you like this, then go over here or look at this person. Or did you hear about this story? So for all those reasons, I have a much more positive relationship with social media than negative. But I hear you, girl, if where you're going is that it can be trash, that there's no doubt about it. 
you that's basically my my view on social media I agree it can be trash but it's it's so essential and I part of me hates that it's become so essential like I hate that I have to worry about what that number is at the top of my Instagram page because I'm worried about what a casting director is gonna think about me because I would I would hope that they would just watch my tape and determine if I'm talented from just that um but at the same time I understand that that's just the world that we live in now yeah because that's something you can control you can control being on there so you kind of have to because you have to fight for every inch and give yourself every leg up that you can and while we do wish that about casting directors and there are some out there who openly say that they don't check and they won't yeah I'm gonna go with 95% of them are checking your social and not just for the numbers but for the content yeah What, what are you posting about and are you a psychopath? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the trash that comes in for both of you, because uh, I see it for <laughs> Ashley, and and Ashley, you know, she gets some, uh, but it I, you get it. I, I, just, I can't. I just even imagine it makes me so upset. Yeah. All the shit that you get, Roxy, and uh, you know. I would do anything for you and I, I want to, but there's nothing, there's nothing productive to I know. do or say or respond. It's not useful anything. or helpful. It's not no. useful or helpful. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm in split mind about this because I post a lot of it. Like when I receive a lot of heat, I'll post it. Um, and not to complain, but I do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's kind of my way of coping with it. Like, Ah, look at the, what these idiots say. So it makes me feel better. It kind of just makes me feel better. To That's just, I, don't, I have a self-deprecating personality. I'm from the East Coast. I'm a big shit talker. So for some reason, when these people are like calling me a dirty Jew or whatever it is, I, I when I post it, I feel a little better. I don't know how to explain that, but I do. So for that reason, and then also because I think it's important for people to see and I know I overuse the word important. I keep calling everything important. This is important. That's important. But when people aren't seeing what's going on, then they don't believe it exists. Mm-hmm. And this we know from history. So in order for people to know that sexism exists, I have to show them that it exists. Now, I don't go as far to as to post all of the pictures of the penises that are sent to me um, and the videos of that because... I don't need everybody's eyes to be scarred for life. But at the same time, I I kind of wish that I would. I kind of wish I would out every single person. And every single time somebody sends me something and I click on it and they've got a wife and kids. And I'm just like, you, you, somebody should, somebody should do something about you. Um, And it's not going to be me and it's not today, but at some point something should be done about you. And that's not my, that's not my fight to fight. But the other fight is my fight to fight. I feel like, uh, with anti-Semitism on the rise. And I mean, talk about on the rise, what's going on with Asian Americans right now is disgusting and disturbing. Um, it's it, insane to watch all of the hatred and, and what's going on in that community. Um, and with BLM this year and, and last year and everything that's been happening, if we don't, if we don't tell people there every single day somebody is messaging me something really really anti-semitic not kind of anti-semitic like really really anti-semitic i'm getting sent swats because every single day i'm getting sent hate messages every single day and if i don't show that then people don't think anti-semitism is happening and so that's the second reason number one it makes me feel okay and number two it I think it's, it matters to see it for people, but at the same time, I don't want to put more negative energy out there. So yeah, I receive a lot of heat and I, uh, I post it because I think that it's those two things, but at the same time, I I'm kind of torn about it because I'm like, I want to be this ray of light. I, I know that that sounds weird after I just said, I'm this shit talking Bostonian, but like, I, I would like when people think of me to think like, Oh, she tells people stories because she wants people to feel inspired or hopeful or happy. You know, I, I, I don't want to just put a lot of darkness into the world, but when there's darkness already in the world and people don't believe it exists, it's also kind of our obligation to show them that it does. Well, and then I found $20. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Yes. <laughs> you are so uh, just that East coast tough, shit talker i think that's why we rubbed up against each other at first but then when you're 
when you take someone in as like, then you're the most loyal, hard fighting friend. So once I knew that you were on uh, with me and I, I was with you, then it was like, you're an invaluable friend. And, and when I see you posting that on social, I'm like, that's so, that's, that's so Roxy that you would not just take that and brush it off and let these assholes send you dick pics and send you anti-Semitic stuff. That's so upsetting. And I want to punch all of them. I know, but, you know, it, it uh, I mean, I, you're in a no win situation. If you post it, then they're yeah. going to attack you more. Mm-hmm. If you let it go, then people aren't going to be aware of what's happening. And yeah. you want to be this ray of golden shit talking, <laughs> sunshine, yeah. loving light, which you are. <laughs> that is what That's you perfect. are. Yeah. No, you see me fully. I mean, it's a hundred percent true. I think that this is why we've been best friends for as long as we have, like our lives get crazy, but it's for exactly that reason. We are two of the most loyal people I've ever met. And once somebody's in your life, they're just in that. Like once you're like, okay, I've got you. There is no but are we, should we, is that once they're in, they're in. And, and um, so I feel the exact same way about you. And yeah, when it comes to them, I want to punch them all in the face too. And I feel like reposting their stuff kind of does punch them a little bit in the face, but some of them, it makes them more heated. And uh, I do, I do get concerned because I did have a, and I'm not sure if this has happened to you, Ashley, but I did have a really bad one where that person then became like really mad at me for outing them. Um, And then uh, there was one year that I was at Comic-Con and they messaged me that they knew where I was, they knew what I was wearing and they were gonna come and rape and murder me. And when I um, called the police to let them know, the police didn't do anything about it. Um, Surprise, surprise. And they, this person, I was working an event and they started nonstop messaging me and everywhere I was going, they were messaging me that they knew where I was and this person was stalking me. And if I had just not posted anything, I always wondered to myself, would they have not done that? Was it because, did I anger them to the point that they felt obsessive? And so you do kind of have to be careful. So I'm not sitting here advising people to just rip on every single person that comes for them because it can be really, really scary. And especially if you're in the situation I am, which is I'm a single 29 year old woman who's by herself. Most of the time, you do have to make sure that you put your safety first and that you are looking out for yourself. Cause it, especially if you have any kind of following and not to, not to pull this card, but, and, and you're a woman it's yikes sometimes. I think you can and should pull that card. Cause isn't it is it what 98% men who are giving you these problems? Yeah, absolutely. Guys, it's so disappointing being <laughs> a man when you're all out there just just dragging us through the mud and doing this to women. And there there are so of course it's the guys. It yeah. and and they're getting away with it and maybe someday they'll be held accountable because yeah, something should be done. And they they have wife and kids and they're sending you yeah, it's a it's mine didn't say he was gonna like rape me or kill me he actually and I was a kid when this happened I think I was like 16 or 17 um and I'd answered somebody who was just being horrible to me I think it was on Twitter um and it made him more heated and he freaked out about it and he threatened to kill himself mm-hmm. and it was a whole thing and I remember my mom was around and she was like so I was upset about it, but she was also really upset because she was like, how dare you put this on a, this is a child that you're talking to. You're literally talking to a minor and saying you're going to kill yourself because you said something fucked up to my daughter, like to my minor. And that's just the way the internet works. Yeah. There's been too many incidences like that. So what I've told people now um, about my DMs is that I will not respond to a single one of them. And that I will read them. And when people send me messages that are, and it is such a small percentage of people who suck. So many people are incredible that I'll read every single one. But because I had too many situations like that, that were happening and all of a sudden people's lives, I feel like are in my hand. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what to do right now. Um, And for so many other reasons, 
that I, I always advise, like, if you're going to have conversations with people, have them in the light of day yeah. in public forums. It's just, the, the way that people react now where they're DMing people they've never met, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, it makes you so helpless. And again, that's you at any age, let alone as a minor, that's insane. What are you supposed to do? You don't know who this is. You don't know where they live. You don't know if they're serious. You don't know who to call. Yeah. Exactly. It was horrifying. It was horrifying. And then you like, it made me just like never want to do social media again, but then again, it's essential. So then I just keep doing it. Yeah. 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 It is really, I don't know if impressive is a word to use, but um, I can't relate to it because I maybe I've gotten one uh, like weird solicitation over Instagram. I, I'm what I'm saying is guys don't have to deal with this. I want to know. I need to know more details. <laughs> <laughs> Off air. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing. Even you to- using the word solicitation. I'm so excited right now. That's so, <laughs> it's so wrong of me to say that, but just like, you must've been, I can just picture your face, whatever it was. You must've been like, what? happening right I showed, now I just showed Ashley because yeah. I was like because hey it was so innocent at first and then you would because it was just like fine and then it started getting weird and then you were finally like what is this what is this? what's what happening is this? here yeah, yeah. Just, and I was one, like no she likes you once there was a video then I was like okay all right this is and I just responded I am happily engaged <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Please yeah. do not message me anymore. Yeah. You're the most, you are not made for those situations. Oh no. my God. Oh, no, I'm not. You've seen me answer people who've been assholes online, and I've been like, fuck you. This is like, <laughs> I've just like got off on people, and you're like, that's a little, a, a few times you've been like, that's, I mean, that's harsh. You can send it if yeah. you want. And I'm like, no, I'm going to send it. Like, this is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm in your camp. Yeah, you both are. It's impressive. It's bullshit that you have to deal with it. Um, I, oh. hate it. I hate it for both of you because I love you both. And that's so good. Oh my god, I could just picture you like, what is what is this, <laughs> honey? <laughs> that's exactly what happened. It was great. I am happily engaged. She didn't stop too after that. Oh, there were like five more messages. Yeah, after that, that is. That- that is what you me. should do though, by the way, in case anybody does need advice, that's what you do. You shut it down Yep. because you don't need them as a fan or supporter. There's so many people out there. You can't be afraid to lose people from, fo- not that you were at all, Mick, but just to anybody who is starting out or does have followers and they're scared, like they're going to lose people if they say what is true. You have to say what is true. Mm-hmm which is that you are happily engaged. Like, otherwise you're going to get yourself into such a bad situation. Just okay. shut things down as soon as you can. Yeah. You did the right thing, honey. All right. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course he did. He's one of the good ones. He's Linda's kid, remember? That's, That's right. All right. Back to you being a golden ray of light. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sun, sunshine and rainbows. That's me all the time. <laughs> uh, you're... Uh, so if I can talk about this, um, my favorite performance that I've ever seen you do was your solo performance when we went back to Boston for your mom's funeral. Mick, it is the most challenging story to tell because even that sentence alone, like, can you imagine hearing that? Like the solo performance you did for your mom's funeral, people are like, that what? You did what? Are you insane? You had a story to tell. We were, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, you were in, you just happened to be in a solo performance class at that time. The professor, I, I went through the same class. The professor was, um, to be generous, a really harsh, tough, uh, stubborn professor. He threw a chair at me once and, and that was after throwing a pen at me. And I thought that the pen was bad at first. He was, and I have to say, and I don't care if this is not 2021 appropriate. I thought he was a great professor. I think he is an excellent professor. That being said, his antics certainly should not fly at a universe. I mean, that was some crazy stuff that he was doing. (laughs) 
They really don't fly. I liked him too. I, yeah. I, I also signed up for, I took three courses from him. I took self-expression. He, he was charts. really brilliant in that like, uh-oh way. You mm. know, like that, like, uh-oh. But he, he, motiva- he motivated me and he got the best work out of me. And I don't know whether that says more about me or him, but he was really great. He got, but yes, yeah, hard he, is a good word. Absolutely. He got great work out of, he, he really did. But okay, so so that, that was I, I don't want to burden you to explain that story much further, but I'll just say that it, no, it it's was, not a burden. Really, it was really beautiful. Thank um, you. And you were telling a story that was obviously as deep and close to your heart as any story could be. And I know that your, um, your intention, your pursuit of acting comes really from a place where your soul is ignited and uh, it's really really a part of you so i i am always rooting for you and to to get more opportunities to do it the way that you intend to do it yeah i i I mean i think the same thing for you it is weird because when you grow up loving something as as much as we do and you're you think that every person feels that way and i've just met so many people out here who have booked so much work where it does, it's not the same thing. They don't have that. It doesn't ignite them. And it's not about the storytelling and the, and the art. It is about something else for them. And I'm not saying that that's better or worse. I'm not, no judgment on that. It's a career that a lot of people pick for a lot of different reasons, but it is really, it is really special when you meet other people who love it because they feel it in their soul. And that's what it's always been about for me. Like I just, I love it so, so much and so much to the point where I think that performing a one woman show at your mom's funeral is a really fucking weird thing to do. I'm not sitting here and telling you guys like, what you guys didn't do that. You're a weird one. Like I acknowledge I'm a, I'm, I'm not a normal person. I'm a psycho person, but I'm like a relatively normal person. Like, you know, I hold down a job. I eat three meals a day. Like I'm a, just for those of you guys who don't know me, I'm normal enough. So I'm not this person who like goes around performing one woman shows at all of the tragic events in my life. I know how weird that sounds, Um, but it just like was what it was. And that's what I felt in my soul. And I, and it was something I needed to say and I needed to say it in that way. And I needed to say it on that day. And I think that that kind of thing happens to me sometimes and probably to you guys too, where when you just love something because it's a part of you, you need to do it. And that sounds cheesy as hell, but I feel like I need to do this, which is why it's not really a choice for me to, to hang in or stick with it. Like it, I need to do it. So I'm doing it. What do you think is the biggest misconception of being an actor? Mm, I, I actually, I think that a lot of people think actors are a lot cooler than they are. Like that it's, it's like, <laughs> that they're all like really, really great. There are some like horrific ones. Um, I'm not saying they're bad at what they do. I'm saying that they're like not nice and they are not, not in it for reasons that I can understand at all. Um, I, I know, at least for me growing up so far removed from here, I thought that these people were incredible and definitely put a lot of people on pedestals. And I've been lucky enough to interview a lot of those people who were on pedestals for me, because now that's what I do for a living. I interview celebrities and oh my God, some of them are really, really great. And those ones will always stand out to me. And, but some of them I'm like, wow, the, the, the fact that I thought that being a celebrity meant that you were awesome or cool or a great person is so, so far from the truth. Um, just mm-hmm. so far from it that it is concerning. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. We uh, both recently read Matthew McConaughey's new book, Green Lights. Mm-hmm. Have you read it? No, but oh, ex- I've seen, I've read excerpts of it. And is that how you say that word? Excerpts? Yeah, sounds, I believe so. Doesn't yeah. it sound weird when I'm saying it right now? It sounds like I'm trying to say expert, but with like a weird, whatever. <laughs> I read excerpts from it. Um, and was you listening to, and was listening to some of it as well, but I haven't done it in its entirety yet. But I've heard incredible things about it. Start. I've listened to it twice now because I listened to it another yeah. time with you. It is so good. He talks about being less impressed and more involved, uh, and I 
I think it was a mistake that I made at the beginning too, of just being so in awe of every actor, every movie, like, so I wanted to be, I just wanted to make movies so badly. That's why I'm in Los Angeles. And like, there's no better experience than like, the like 15 minutes after a movie where you still kind of feel like you're in it and you're like coming back into reality, but you're like still, you know. But you're still kind of like living the movie in your own body. It's yeah. like such a transport. Yeah. And um, so I totally had this whole town on a pedestal too. Uh, but as you do it, you you become more involved in it and you're totally involved with it. And uh, yeah, I think being too, being overly impressed is a mistake that a lot of beginners make. I do think that it's important not to go too heavy either way, because it is very important to give credit where credit is due. And I've seen people say things like, um, oh, I don't, I don't put any celebrity on a pedestal, what they think they're better than me. And the people who are coming up and it's like, there is a certain amount of respect that you do need to pay to some people who have earned it. So um, I just don't want to, I don't, I want to be clear because I definitely think there are people who've been in this industry. I've been now, I've been here for almost 12 years and out of college for 12 minus four, eight of those years. <gasps> no, that was good. I didn't take any math classes there. So, you know, I've been working for a while and I feel like I've been out here for a hundred years because every day is such a grind. So the people who have been in this industry for 30, 40, 50 years, you there has to be a certain level of respect there but that doesn't mean that they're a great person that doesn't mean that you need to i they need to be your idol that doesn't mean that you any of those things um and i i definitely agree with what matthew mcconaughey is saying there like get more involved because instead of like watching and being in awe the best way to learn is like doing whatever you can do do it just try to be as involved as possible. And, and I'm with you that when I came out here, everything was just like, whoa, whoa. Um, and so yeah. too strong in either direction is not a good thing. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I love you so much. Um, I love you so much. I love both of you guys. I'm so happy. We finally got you on Mismo. Yeah! <laughs> it took you long enough. My <laughs> <laughs> bad. <laughs> you're you know what though? uh so charlie my best man is somebody that i don't need to check in with very often i mean arc and when you do check in it's like two word check-ins you're like you good yeah you good great and then it's over and then they don't talk again for like six months it's fine i'm fine you guys have been like that for years though forever for yeah. <laughs> I, we we met in literally preschool and I moved away from Irvine at 10 years old. And we just kept that relationship where it was like, we do not have to see each other. We saw each other every day at school from two to 10. And then after that. And then you grew up in Utah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How was I going to not throw that in there one time throughout this? You know, that's what I say to you every time. Every Roxy. It swears that I'm from Utah. You're the reason that I say he's from Utah. From Utah. You said that to me when I first met you. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, he is from Utah. This is the thing. When when you've got somebody like Mick who can take it, but like, you know, he's this handsome gent who's got a lot of things going for him. You got to keep the head smaller. So you're from Utah. Exactly. And that was my way. That was my little zing every time. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's such a manageable, manageable zing. I think yep. that's okay. This is my friend Mick. He's from Utah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Perfect. Uh, but what I was going to say is you're that kind of friend where I know you're busy. I know why you're busy. You're out there working your hardest, putting in more hours than anybody else. And I don't live with you and see you in the kitchen uh, at 2 a.m. anymore. But I love those times. And I don't, I don't need to check in on you all the time to know that I love you and you're your your family i love you too and feel the same way and i'm gonna meet you at the top that's right I, yeah and and then and then we'll probably have a little more time at some point we should collaborate on something a hundred percent that we should 100 percent that yeah i love how much you guys have been collaborating with each other i've been thinking a lot about that in general because i i i don't want to give away any of your secrets but i know you guys are working with each other on on just life things and 
work things and whatever and this show. And I think that it's really effing cool to find a partner that you can work with. Um, and so I'm really, really impressed by you guys being able to do that because that is amazing. So, you know, if we ever want to do like uh, some collab between all three of us, you guys want to bring me into the fold. I wouldn't say no. That would be, I would say a million times. Yes. If, please. I, if we could go on a five week shoot to do, I would do anything with anything, anything. Because oh it would God. just be like summer camp. It would be so <laughs> fun. Yeah. Yeah. We could do a lot of different. I mean, it would be freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It would be awesome. Well, we will. We'll make it happen. And we always end the show with a fill in the blank. So, oh. so uh, one word or one sentence or however you want to answer this. Acting is. Mm. Um, hard. There you go. Yes, it is. Oh my God, it's so real. Roxy Stryer, I love you. I love you. I love you guys. It's hard. Uh-huh.